1: Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all
0: year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion, most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast and the only podcast that gives you interviews with Bills players with great stories. I'm your host Nate, and this is a bonus podcast that I thought would be pretty cool to share with all of you. So we all learned yesterday that wide receivers Andre Holmes and Kelvin Benjamin got released from the Bills in a somewhat surprising move. The move itself to release Benjamin was not a surprise. However, I think the timing was. Normally players don't get released during the season, unless you have a situation like the Cowboys releasing Deontay Thompson when they trade for Amari Cooper from the Raiders. So what does this mean? I think it means two things. Uh, Number one. Bean and McDermott do not keep underachieving players that don't want to be here, that take plays off, that constantly drop and lose contested balls, and refuse to run routes for their rookie quarterback before a game. And number two, it means that they know they are out of the playoffs and are interested in bringing up players from the practice squad to see how they fare and if they are worth bringing back next season. The rest of this season is almost like a preseason for those players on the cusp of making the roster before the next season. The two players brought up to the practice squad were cornerback Denzel Rice and rookie defensive end Mike Love. So in May of last year after the draft, before we were part of Buffalo Rumblings, I had the pleasure of speaking to Mike, an under-the-radar, undrafted rookie defensive end out of the University of South Florida. Now you might already know Mike Love, but didn't realize it. He was in the famous picture with fellow rookie at the time Gerhard DeBeer, where the backs of their jerseys read Love and "Beer" with the caption Weekend Vibes. The picture went viral within the Bills community and was retweeted by the official Bud Light Twitter page. But there is so much more to Mike than this social media post. He has a great story about his life, his upbringing, the struggles he's overcome, the two families that he's a part of, his education, and how it felt to become a Buffalo Bill, even though he went undrafted. There's a lot to like about this young man, so without further ado, here's his interview. He is a six foot three, two 255-pound defensive end from the University of South Florida. He is a rookie that signed with the Buffalo Bills as a free agent and is in the middle of OTAs. I'm joined by Mike Love. Mike, it is great to have you on the podcast. How are you?
1: I'm really, really good. Thank you for having me. It's a really good experience to be here.
0: Oh, great. I appreciate you coming on. I'm I'm sure it's been a crazy experience for you from the time you left campus at USF to the time that you took the practice field in Buffalo. How has the experience been overall?
1: Uh, I mean, so far, it's been really fast. Uh, It's like, you know, getting on a NASCAR car and just driving 200 miles per hour. But the so the staff that we have in uh, the Bills is just amazing. Uh, the personnel people and the coaches—they really get the rookies and they really uh, get them enough time to learn everything, to learn the uh, to the transition part. They, uh, you know, we have extra meetings because some of the vets they'll probably be in for four hours, and uh, we'll be there for probably nine to ten hours, maybe eleven, well, just ten hours. And we'll get those extra meetings after practice. We'll get uh, some rookie development program meetings where they kind of talk to us about, um, you know, just things about transition to the NFL, some things to look out for, some things we should get involved in, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, and I already know the playbook, most of the playbook because of these extra meetings. I know a lot of things that a rookie should know because of some of these meetings and it's been very, very awesome so far. And, uh, Really enjoying the experience and what they're, you know, how they're setting it up for us. They're doing a wonderful job.
0: Well, great. That actually leads into my next question because on the outside looking in, it seems like the Bills coaching staff has tried to implement a process driven, no nonsense culture. Is that the impression you've gotten so far from Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, and the rest of the coaching staff?
1: Well, the culture we're building here is uh, just basically playoff caliber. You want to be a a playoff caliber. You want to do playoff caliber things. Uh, It's just the daily routine we do in life. You know, the way we eat, the way we come into the building, the way we practice, the way we go over meetings, the way we go over our playbook, uh, the way you shower, the way you get treatment, the way you do training, the way you work out. We want everything to be playoff caliber, and we just want to fall in love with the process. That's what he says. And just basically – Um, and respect the process, you know, and that's what uh, the culture I've seen so far, and that's what I'm doing and uh, adapting to right now, which is being playoff caliber. Everything I do is just playoff caliber.
0: So let's go back to April. Uh, Draft weekend came and went, and you weren't drafted, but signed on with the Bills soon after. What made you choose the Bills over other teams in that free agency period?
1: Uh, I was talking to Aaron White, Aaron White cotton before the draft uh, a couple weeks before the draft during the whole draft process uh in the middle of the draft after the draft and uh, I just really like his message about the type of player I could become and uh the opportunity that I have here and I was just so thankful at the end of the draft that they gave me an opportunity and it was just a blessing for them to uh have given me one
0: so in saying that i'm I'm sure you've heard about the weather here in Buffalo in wintertime, and I know you're from South Florida. Um, is that a worry to you at all, and have you ever talked to other teammates about it?
1: The weather has been great so far, so I've really been loving it. Uh, i talked to a lot of teammates and coaches about the snow. They told me it gets really cold, but that's just something I'm going to have to adapt to. I mean, I you know grew up when it was humid, and I dealt with that, so I'm pretty sure I can handle a little bit of cold if I wear the right stuff.
0: So what about the Bills fan base, the Bills Mafia? What have your teammates told you about us? Uh,
1: so far, they just told me uh, about Bills Mafia. They were just saying, "You'll see, you'll find out. It's awesome. Uh, it's a great place to play in. Uh, it'll be hard for teams to play in there because of them and because of the way we play." So, I mean, I just I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen anything yet, and uh, you know, that's one thing I'm looking forward to.
0: Absolutely. So, so getting to being on the field, um, the Bills ranked. 29th in sacks last season and 29th in defending the run uh what kind of skill set do you bring to the bills at at defensive end that would help them in these areas
1: uh i'm a very quick twitchy guy and uh i think i'll bring a a good motor to them uh coming off the ball a really good get off and just becoming the player that they want me to become you know i'm learning their techniques and just trying to be a you know a bills defender you know a bills defensive end you know not a Mike Love DN or a USF DN, just trying to become a Buffalo Bills defensive end and learn their technique and, you know, do do what I'm told to do the right things on the field to succeed.
0: So in playing on the field, you've had to battle through injuries in college. You've had surgeries on both knees and your foot. How do you feel now physically? Uh,
1: right now I feel great, and it's just all a matter of taking care of your body. Uh, and that's another thing that I love about this program. They... They preach, you know, playoff caliber. You know, they say when you get treatment, even when you get treatment, playoff caliber. Take care of your body, save your body, and will last long. All the all of the uh, all all of my teammates do it. You know, they all they all get treatment. So it's just a part of the process there uh, at the state. Just a process, man. Training is a, is part of the process of becoming great and being a playoff caliber team.
0: Great. It, I saw that you finished college and graduated with your master's degree in entrepreneurship at USF, how important was that to you?
1: It was really important to finish. My mom was really proud of me. Uh it was definitely days that I thought that I didn't need it because uh, it was kinda coming in between my pro day my pro day program of trying to work out and trying to, you know, get my forty time down and then I have class at six and it was some days I was like, you know, I really can just come back. It's just one semester. But, you know, talking to my mom and one of my number one supporters, she was just in my ear telling me how important it is to finish this because how far I came, so it was really important to get that degree, and I'm just really glad I made the decision to do it.
0: Well, you know, you just recently talked about your mother, Shalonda, and how close of a relationship you have with her, Uh, but you also have a close relationship with Lisa Martinez and the Martinez family. Can you tell me a little bit about them?
1: Yeah, I really have a good relationship. I have a second family as well. I had a Moved in with them my freshman year in high school. Uh, I didn't know what I was really doing with my life. And uh, my best friend, Dalton, was the son of Dave Martinez. And he was, uh, at the time, a bench coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. And I always used to go over there prior to living there. And every time I went over there, I seemed like I was doing right. You know what I'm saying? Just being right and having a little authority. Because, you know, he wasn't allowed that at night. He didn't do anything bad. And when I would go home back home it not like my mom didn't discipline me you know I was just a young kid you know no father around just no authority so I would just be around doing whatever I wanted but it seemed like every time I went over there I was doing the right thing so I you know I th- I brought it upon myself one time I was like you know I'm kind of tired of being like this not listening to my mom and stuff so I talked to her and I talked to their family I told them that I just wanted to move in with them and you know change my life around and mama lisa which is what i call lisa martinez she agreed to it she said it was totally fine it was up to your mom my mom said yeah she'll try it out and i've been i went there for four years um and everything's just been really good since i moved in i mean i got on a roll for the first time i just started i started playing football and stuff and you know everything just went the right way after i moved in with that family and my mom was right there it's not like i didn't see her she was there and just was very supportive with it and you know i was glad that she said it was okay so it worked out well so i mean that that family you know they mean everything to me as well as my mom
0: that's a great story between your mother and the martinez family you you actually um just touched on that but along with becoming a part of the martinez family you just met your biological father grant miller for the first time three years ago what was that experience like
1: uh i was living with my mom at the time because it was a uh, uh, no, 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 no. I was in college actually. I apologize. And my mom had ran into my grandmother on my father's side and was just catching up. And my mom was showing her pictures of all her sons. And she said, uh, oh, Mike looks like Grant. And, uh, my mom kind of looked at it and said, Oh, they kind of do look alike. And, you know, my mom called me one day and said, I think I know who your father is. Cause we previously thought it was someone else. And uh, I told her that I didn't know. I don't I really wasn't worried about it, but I kind of prayed for nights like that. So I took that shot and, you know, we ended up meeting at a park. And once I saw him, you know, I was like, man, he's a spitting image of me. Mm-hmm. Like, like we look just alike, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he couldn't deny it at all. So I knew that was my dad. And we've just been, we've been close ever since trying to make up the 20, you know, the 2021 20, years that we missed out on. And, you know, he didn't know about me. It wasn't his fault, but we have a great relationship now. And that's all I can ask for.
0: Well, that's great. I, I hope every single member of your family can come up to see you uh, this September in Buffalo when we kick off. On another note, uh, you recently took a picture with teammate Gerhard Beer in a tweet from the Buffalo Bills official Twitter account where you stand next to each other, backs facing the camera, and your jerseys spell out love and DeBeer's with the caption weekend vibes. Um, the official uh, Bud Light Twitter page retweeted it out and it became viral within the bills community. Uh did you think it would be that popular when they asked yeah. you to take the picture? <laughs>
1: to be honest, I knew to get you know a bunch of a bunch of clout, you know, I didn't know it was going to get that much viral, but it was I told them it was really clever. They asked me if I was down to take the picture and I said, "Of course." I mean, you know, I'm down with it and we took the picture. It was pretty cool so far. I like it, man. Pretty good experience. Like, that was the, the first practice, so that was a really good, you know, a good sign. I like the vibe. <laughs>
0: yeah, Bills fans know who you are now, Mike. You know, you don't, you're you not on Twitter, but you do have an Instagram account. Uh, Mike, where can the Bills follow you?
1: The Bills can follow you. Mike Love, that's my full name, M-I-K-E-L-O-V-E, underscore 98. Pretty simple. Okay, great. Mike Love, underscore 98.
0: Well, you have a a great story, Mike. Um, We're all going to be rooting for you as time goes on through uh, OTA's mandatory minicamp and training camp. He is Mike Love, undrafted rookie defensive end for the Buffalo Bills out of the University of South Florida. Thank you, Mike, for taking the time and coming on the Circling the Wagons podcast. And really, we look forward to seeing you at training camp.
1: All right, you too, Nate. Thank you for the opportunity, man. really appreciate it.
0: Before we go into our second interview with Mike Love that happened uh, right before the fourth and final preseason game, are you thinking of buying a gift for that friend or family that's a Bills fan? Or maybe even for yourself? Um, look no further than our tea Public store at tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. Uh, you can find our latest Josh Allen shirt showing uh, the quarterback hurtling over the haters out there, the haters being the local and national media naysayers and critics. And uh, we've already sold a bunch for Bills fans that believe Allen is our franchise quarterback, um, just like we do. It's available in all colors, all sizes, long-sleeve, short-sleeve, tank top, hoodie, onesies um, for the little... Tiny Baby Bills fans. Um, if you don't need another shirt, it's available in coffee mugs, um, wall art, cell phone cases. And there's not just the Josh Allen um, Jumping over the haters, there's also the Trust the Process design and our Circling the Wagons logo. So if you're interested, want to get some last-minute gifts for those Bills fans in your life out there, whether they're friends or family or whatever, um, check out our tpublic.com slash stores slash ctw pod for all shirts and all sales uh, this coming Christmas season. (laughs) All right, he is an undrafted rookie defensive end for the Buffalo Bills out of the University of South Florida. He is about to play in his third preseason game as a Bill this weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm joined for the second time on the podcast by Mike Love. Mike, it is great to have you on the podcast again. How are you?
1: I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. It's great to have you on again. Um, So training camp is St. John Fisher is over, but you've moved to New Era Field in Orchard Park for the rest of camp. Tell us what this journey has been like up to this point, and how do you feel?
1: Uh, it's been pretty a uh, fast journey. You know, everything is going by fast. Uh, you got know, practice every day and stuff. We just broke camp a couple days ago, and uh, it's just basically still been the same thing, same mentality. You know, being playoff caliber. And to be honest, I feel great. Uh, I love the defense, and it's been a pretty good fit so far.
0: So the last time we talked, you were finishing up OTAs. And uh, on your way to training camp, what's the yeah. biggest difference that you've seen between then and now in practice?
1: Uh, I mean, it's completely different because, you know, OTAs, uh, it's non-padded practices, so you're kind of limited to some things. But uh, once you got in training camp, you know, we put the pads on, you know, we finally got the hit, and you know, do uh, things like that. So it's been completely different, but uh, it's more fun in training camp, I'm glad to say.
0: Do you think putting on the pads actually helps showcase different parts of your game?
1: Oh, definitely. Because, you know, without pads, you can't really uh, run through somebody or, uh, you know, you can't really show people you can hit and stuff like that. And, you know, it's a lot of tag off without pads. And you finally get the pads on, you can move around better, move faster without trying to hurt someone. And uh, it makes you move a lot faster. So it's a lot better to be in pads.
0: Gotcha. Now, has the message from the coaching staff changed from OTAs to training camp?
1: No, the message is still the same, you know, being playoff caliber and coming to, uh, you know, the job every day to work and get better as a player every day and just do the right things, you know, we respect the process. And so the message has been the same, you know, just come in and work and, you know, just showcase, you know, basically.
0: Now, you mentioned before the podcast that you're studying up for You have a game plan for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I know that, obviously, you've done a lot of studying. You have your master's degree. um, But as far as, you know, camp is gone, what's the biggest challenge that you face day in and day out?
1: Uh, I would say the biggest challenge is uh, just being consistent. You know, you want to be consistent in this league, and you want to be consistent trying to make a team. So uh, not really the challenge, but it's a challenge to myself to be consistent every day, you know, so. Uh, that's one of the things I picked up being here is you got to be consistent every day and always got to come in ready to work and uh, do the things that's necessary to to help you succeed. So that's one of the biggest times that I took upon myself is to be consistent.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, a lot of, a lot was made of coach McDermott's first training camp last year when he brought players together and had them talk in front of the team and tell their own personal background story. Um, it allowed the players a chance to learn about one another and grow closer right. as a unit. Um, did he do right. it again this camp? And did you get a chance to tell your story?
1: Uh, we actually done it uh, multiple times so far. Uh, he would call a couple players up in a team meeting. They would tell us their story, basically their why, you know, who they are, and why they why they are them. And uh, you know, basically their why why they play football, which is I think is really good because that's how. You know, you build a team and help the teammates know each other. It's great for bonding. You know, you want to know the man you're playing against inside out, you know, off the field as well. So I think it's a pretty good deal that he does that, and he's continuing to do that. and uh, I don't see any, you know, signs of us stopping from doing that either. So we've done it a lot.
0: So did you get a chance to tell your story?
1: No, oh yeah, sorry, not yet. Not oh, yet, not, yet. not yet. He's been calling up, uh, some of that so far, so no rookies yet
0: gotcha okay okay just checking um you know i saw on your instagram account a clip of you riding in your car with um defensive tackle harrison phillips before the preseason game against the cleveland browns um in general yes. uh, who do you find yourself connecting with in the locker room on a personal uh, basis oh
1: uh, well to be honest uh i mean my personality is pretty out there so i kind of connect with everybody i love everybody on the team and, they all know me and I I know them and uh, I I connect with everybody. You know, we're all brothers and that's one thing about this uh, program, this organization is that, you know, we all are a big family. So I connect with pretty much everybody.
0: Okay. Great. Because uh, in saying that I know Josh Allen is on the other side of the ball. So you may not interact with him a ton, just being on the offense and you're on the defense, but he was just named the starter for this upcoming preseason game against the Bengals. Um, so what have you seen from him as a player and how does he compare to other quarterbacks that you played alongside?
1: Uh, I think he's a very calm player. He's very good. And uh, one thing I noticed about him that I like is when he's out there, he's very calm. You know, he's not panicking at all. And I think that's why he has a huge success is he knows the game plan and he just goes out there and, you know, does a great job executing the game plan. And you never really see a worry in his eyes or a panic. He's always calm and you know, you can tell he loves the game, and I think he's going to be a great
0: player. That's great. Well, I, know <laughs> I know he is. Oh, great, great. That's good to hear for us as Bills fans. Um, but Josh has actually played with the first, the second, and 13 defenses. So you faced him at one point or another in practice. Um, what's the hardest yeah. part of his game to defend against?
1: Uh, you got to get to him quick, because uh, he has a great arm. You know, he he makes his decisions very well. He doesn't make uh, mistakes. and. So the the thing about him uh, when we play is you got to get to him quick and you got to make sure you uh close out the lanes cuz you know he has the ability to run with his feet which we all know and so if you don't get to him quick and don't close out the lanes until will either throw the ball out really fast or he'll get out of there and run.
0: So you know on a personal level you've been getting a lot of attention from Buffalo and national media for your hard work in camp and preseason live action. Cover One did a great video breakdown of the impact you had in your first preseason game against the Panthers. Uh, pro Football Focus gave you the highest grade of all Bills defenders in that game. Um, local media, such as Chris DiPasso from CBS Sports and Joe Biscali of WKBW, have really given you a lot of praise as of late. I mean, what keeps you driven through the long weeks and months of practice, diet, film prep, weightlifting, and everything else?
1: Uh, just my why, you know, my mom and stuff, and just what she's been through, what I've been through, you know, and just being an undrafted free agent, you know, you got to come to work every day and, uh, you know, perform at the highest level as you can. And just knowing that, you know, keeps me going and keeps me working hard because, you know, I'm undrafted, so, you know, I have the short straw, so I got to make sure every day that I come out and, you know, work hard and do great and be consistent. So that's what really keeps me going because I really want to make this team and I'm going to do whatever it takes.
0: Now, you, you mentioned your why. Is that something that you've always had, or is that something that you've come across from Coach McDermott and the coaching staff?
1: I've always had that, especially in college and stuff. Uh, and I think it's really smart for other players to have because you want to know why you're playing the game and why you do what you do, why you wake up every morning. And, you know, not just football. I think everyone should have it. Uh, it helps you, you know, you know, wake up with a purpose to want to do something positive in your life, you know.
0: Absolutely. And that kind of, speaking on a positive vibe, you know, you recently posted on Instagram that you visited a gentleman by the name of Mike in Clearwater, Florida, and gave him, and you called him the real definition of a fighter. Could you talk about Mike, what he's dealt with, and how you came in contact with him?
1: Uh, Mike is uh, one of my former high school teammates. He played uh, running back at our high school. Uh, one uh, One of the greatest kids I ever met, you know, good kid good you know uh on the shoulders he's always uh you know doing the right thing you know he's never in trouble he's not really a hard-headed kid and uh i had the chance to play with him in uh, high school for three years he came from clearwater high to our school and so i've been cool with him ever since even after high school when i went to college he went to uh i want to say it was a d2 in california and uh he uh play football there. And that's all he wanted to do. He always wanted to play football. And that was his dream. That was all of our dreams, uh, to play in the NFL. And What had happened was when he went to California to play, uh, he went to a party and, uh, after the party, him and his friends came in contact with some people and words were stained. And then they, uh, most of the kids that he was with got away and he didn't get away and he ended up getting in a fight with them and he got jumped and they beat him into a coma. So, uh, after they did that, uh, the doctor said that, you know, he was basically pronounced brain dead. They wanted to pull the plug, but his mom, Cherie, she's a great woman. Uh, I know her really well. Uh, she told them that he's a, you know, he's a fighter and he, he'll be all right. Uh, we're not going to pull a plug and on the, uh, I want to say, I don't want to say anything cause I don't want to be wrong, but I don't know exactly what day, but he ended up waking up, uh, when they said that he wasn't and he woke up and he's been recovering ever since he, uh, We raised enough money, uh, the whole city of Clearwater raised enough money to get him from California to Florida because, you know, he couldn't get on like a a regular airplane because of the medical attention that he needed. Uh He needed a special plane. So we had, they they raised a whole, enough money to get him on a special plane to get him back to Clearwater, which was huge and one of a great moment, you know, to get him back home where he belongs. So. He's been recovering ever since. He's doing a great job. I mean, I remember the first time I went and saw him, you know, I was hurt, but you know, he, he, he wasn't really talking and, you know, he he knew you were there. He understood everything, but uh he really couldn't uh speak and stuff and I recently seen him literally like a couple of days before I left, I wanted to make sure I go and see him. Seen him twice when I was home and uh before I left, you know, he was there and he was I gave him a bill shirt and we were uh talking and stuff. He still He's still fighting, and that's why I call him a fighter. Because you know what he's been through, he still has the same smile on his face, and he's still you know fighting, trying to recover. And uh, I think he's going to do a great job with recovery. You know, it just takes time, and uh, the way he's fighting right now, it looks like it's going to be sooner than later. You know, and he's speaking now. You know, it's, it's still hard to understand him, but he's doing real good with it. You know, he laughs, he smiles, and he does a lot of things that you know people wouldn't expect coming out of the situation he came out so. That's why I call him a fighter because he's still being the same guy that he was before the situation.
0: Wow. I, I really appreciate you telling me that story, Mike. Um, and I guess, you know, the last, last question I have for you um, for this podcast is the next few weeks could define your career in the NFL and the rest of your life in one shape or another. How do you approach these final weeks before the season starts? And how do you just uh, keep the- pressing through just to the end?
1: Uh, Basically, just the same way I've been doing, you know, working hard, studying and, uh, you know, coming to work every day with a smile on my face, ready to be better, and just be, you know, become a better player every day. You know, just anything I need to work on, just, you know, work on it and uh, create new tendencies to do, you know, new tendencies to get better, uh, you know, learn more techniques and just basically the same approach that I had in training camp and. You know, nothing's changing, man. I'm still working, you know, still grinding and so I'm gonna continue to do.
0: Mike, you're not on Twitter, but you're on Instagram. Uh where can Bills fans yeah. find you?
1: Uh Mike Love underscore ninety-eight.
0: Thanks. Uh he is Mike Love, Bill's rookie defensive end out of the University of South Florida. Mike, I truly thank you again for taking the time again to come on the podcast and talk with me. Um and we really, we hope we're rooting for you, man. And we're hoping to see you at New Era Field for week one.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Even though week one, we'll be in Baltimore.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I knew that. I was just testing you. See, I can tell you're studying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got you, uh, man. Thank uh, you so much for having me.
0: So I obviously want to thank Mike Love for those interviews um, this offseason. Um, currently in the works for trying to talk to him maybe before the end of this season. Or in the off season again. Um, so look for him on Sunday. And uh, and yeah, keep, uh, keep subscribing, keep listening. And uh, we'll give you another recap after the Bills-Jets game this weekend. So um, go Bills, and I'll leave you with this last uh, back and forth between Mike and myself. I mean, it, my opinion doesn't matter for anything, but I think you have a good chance making it. You keep... You know, respecting the process like you have, man, and and I really, I really hope to see you on the field, and uh, I'll definitely see you in training camp, man. Thanks.
1: I really appreciate it, man. Those are some good words, man. I'm a, it got me a little more motivated. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's charlie tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, Go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of.